Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode on the KFT Church Podcast, hosted by Apostle Dominic Osei and Prophetess Desi Osei. Here, they share conversations and wisdom nuggets on Jesus, love, marriage, fellowship, and, and everything else you didn't think you needed to know about this walk with Christ. Amen. Now, let me go straight into the word. Last week, I started talking about the power of knowledge. And I said that knowledge is a defense, as wisdom is a defense. Because without knowledge, there is no wisdom. I believe our scripture was Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Can we put that on the screen for us? I want to continue with that message. And today my message is what are the, uh, what to do to know God. Oh, let me let me rephrase it so that when you be tidy well. What are the things you must know? I think that's better. What are the things you must know? It's under the same power of knowledge. But at this time, what are the things you must know? We are now, yes, last week I explained to you how powerful knowledge is. How important knowledge is. Amen. He said for women, it's a defense. And money is a defense. So now he's comparing wisdom and money. All right. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life. To them that have it. Money does not give life to them that have it. Wisdom gives life to them that have it. Now, you, money can answer many questions here on earth. But money cannot answer the question of life. There are many millionaires that are dead by now. You remember Steve Jobs? He created an Apple computer. Where is he now? He's dead. All the money he had from Apple could have saved him. Amen. So he said that wisdom is a defense. The excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. So that, that means that knowledge is excellent. Knowledge is what we must seek. And after you get the knowledge, then application can come. We call wisdom. And that is where the defense comes in. Today I pray that your desire for knowledge will increase. The desire for you to seek more knowledge will increase. And I said that it's not just any knowledge that you want to desire, but the knowledge of the truth. Jesus said that you shall know the truth and the truth that you know, the truth shall make you. Did he say set or make? Yes. It makes you free. To set me, to set is different from making. If I set you free, that means I'm the one that is doing the work. But if I make you, that means I put something in you that makes you. You understand? And so the truth that you receive will work from within to bring freedom to you. And so you possess it. You possess how to be free. If I set you free, you don't possess it. It's I possess it and I release you. And so God wants us to have the final freedom through the knowledge that we receive. If I pursue the knowledge of the truth, then I'll be built up to 
be what to be set free amen and the problem with many christians is that many christians don't like knowledge anytime we we start preaching teaching it's too boring for them they want the fire move they want the action move amen they will never sit down to study and take notes they come to church without a notebook. Why? Because knowledge is not what they are seeking. They come to church not with, with, with a notebook to record and to take notes. It's like going to school and you did not take a notebook. That means you just want to go show up. And some of you just showed up today. See, you don't have a notebook. I need a notebook from you. You need more knowledge. And so I'm expecting a big notebook from today. Because the phone is a deceiver. People open their phone like they are taking notes. They're lying. They are on Instagram. And right now, you go on Instagram, you see somebody like somebody right now, something. Where's your notebook? You say in the front, you have no notebook. Next time, don't let them sit in the front anymore. Them. This church, we are not, we're going to be very knowledgeable. I need those with a pen and a paper. They come here, they are ready to learn. We're not playing games here. This is destiny. The reason why most of you are not growing because you are not seeking knowledge. He said the truth that you know will make you fire you not seeking it. Because right now if I write a book, How to Be Delivered from Generational Curses, a book, and I have an anointing oil, I have titled it, How to Be Delivered from, from Generational and it's sitting here. And I said, okay, the book costs $100, but the oil costs $2,000. You will see how many people will go for the oil. They will never go for the book. Because they want the anointing. want the easy way out. But God said the knowledge you have, the knowledge is what makes you free. When was the last time you opened up a book to read? You saw marriage. You have never opened up a, Bible, a book. You've never opened up the Bible to find out what God is saying. You see, we, we are playing games. Why would a pastor prepare to come and preach to you? You don't even know why. May the Lord show you why. In the name of Jesus. I mentioned that when Jesus got to Jerusalem, there are two times that Jesus wept. It was when Lazarus died. And it was when he saw how on how scattered Jerusalem. And he said, Bible says he began to weep and he said, if, if Jerusalem, if you, have, if you would have known what would have bringing you peace, you would have done it. And he began for Jerusalem. Why? When God sees that his children does not have knowledge, he, he cried. Because if we would have known what would bring freedom to us, we wouldn't be bound by the enemy. We, if we would have known what would bring us uh, that prosperity we wouldn't be poor but the thing is that he has made it known in his word but nobody is seeking for it and so Jesus is forever weeping when the church does not know so in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 he said that my people my people are perished because of lack of knowledge in the area that finding Satan working it is a sign that lack of knowledge is reigning there any area that you have knowledge, Satan can never operate there. 
So today, look into your life. And I said to you last week, check your life. What are the areas that you feel like Satan is having his way? Seek knowledge in that place and it will be over for Satan. Satan, Satan can only thrive on your ignorance. Satan is only as strong as, as you are ignorant. So if you are ignorant in a certain area, Satan becomes strong in that area. But if you are knowledgeable and you have the truth of God in you, there's no way Satan can operate in that area. Begin to desire knowledge. Seek knowledge. I could be anointed. And God has anointed me. But there are certain areas that when I do, try to do something, nothing happens. You know why? Because I lack knowledge in that area. It's not the, the problem is not the anointing. The problem is the knowledge. And so forever we need to develop ourselves to continue to seek more knowledge in certain areas. Because I, when the, the day that I know that, wow, God, I know, know within myself that God is a healer. When I lay hands on you, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm transferring that into you. So by that knowledge alone, boom, you will be healed. That is why you see somebody like uh, Ben Hinn. It is because of his knowledge that he has of God, that is, able, that is why he is able to bring so much healing to the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And so we must seek knowledge in areas that we are lacking. If you are lacking financial prosperity, start building knowledge in that area. Get the knowledge of truth. It will set you free from it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you would have known. If I would have known what would bring peace in my mind. I wouldn't be fighting my husband, would I? If you would have known, I've known what will, what will bring peace in my home. I wouldn't do it. But the problem with many Christians is because of lack of knowledge is why we do what we do to bring problems to ourselves. Some of you, if you would have known that, wow, it's truly the knowledge that set me free, make me free, you would have came ready to, to learn, ready to take notes. And not only that, ready to go home and study the notes that you took and re-watch the video. Until that knowledge is inside of you, you will never find peace. But some of you, you hear it today, and that's it. And it's gone. Amen. And Satan loves stealing that from you. There's a parable Jesus gave in Luke 8, verse 1 to 15. About the parable of the seed. He said it came to pass afterward that he went throughout the city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. Uh, let's go keep going. Get to the point where they talk about the parable of the seed. Verse 11, he said, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now, so go back to where he was talking about the parable, where he's, you know. Verse 5. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. 
And as he sowed, some fell on the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowl of the air devoured it. And some fell up upon the rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell upon and this uh, thorns and thorns sprung up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground and it sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried. And he said, he that have ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. So then he began to explain the parable that the parable, the seed is the word of God. That anytime the word of God is sown, some fall on the wayside. And guess what? People step on it. Because some of you don't have value for it. So you leave it outside. And then guess what? The bird of the field will come and take it. So the enemy is the bird waiting for you to release that seed so that he can take it away. Some of you, it is the thoughts and things, the circumstances of life will choke the word. So what this pastor is saying, he doesn't know what I'm going through. He does not understand. Put the Bible on the, put the, Bible on the, on the side. And reality, this is reality. This is what I'm experiencing. Put the Bible on the side. And so the word will not have any root. It will be choked out. But he said there were ones that fell on the good ground. That one that fell on the good ground, it growed and it had many fruits. Many fruits. Many fruits. So the word of God, if you accept it and you let it grow within you, you bear fruit. You bear fruit. You wouldn't have that lust problem anymore. You wouldn't have that masturbation problem. That depression will not come. Some of you, you get resisted one month and you feel like your life is delayed. You don't know the word. What about us that were resisted for seven years? And, and, and you, so sometimes when I hear some of you like, I'm like, you delayed? You, you really think you are delayed? You stagnant in life? What about us that graduated in 2008? Around 2008 that we were working. We were in a job field when the market crashed and we were in the financial sector. And so, so see, because we lack the word, because we could have given up, right? We could have given up and do all kinds of things. But when you have the word in you, you know that there's hope. You, don't, you know that it shall be well. Even what if you are seen in... In, in, in the shelter, you know that one day, one day, Job said, I'm, he knows the way that I go, that after he has tried me, I will come out as pure gold. Ah, uh, he knows. God knows where you are going. I was saying to the man, we were talking about insecurities. And sometimes the thing that you are insecure about actually is what God will to bless your life. I'm telling you the truth. So the thing that you want to change so bad. Because he told Jeremiah. Before you were a clot of blood in your mother's womb. I knew you. I knew your face before you showed up. 
So I knew who you, I knew the color of your skin. I knew. But I knew where I was taking you. I've already ordained you a prophet. And so what you say that you are a young child and you are incapable, you are already capable because I made you capable. And so the thing that you see, you see, we, 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 must, we must change our mindset. God knows where he's taking you. Some of us, if you allowed us to go into some fields, we wouldn't be standing here delivering money. If I was making millions of dollars in the league, and right now, how couple of us you think I'll be coming here in this heat? Do you think that I'll do that? You probably will beg me to come. You, you understand what I'm saying? At that time when I, I was not able to make it, I was crying. But Lord said, I know. I know where I'm taking you. This failure has, must happen to you. Accept it and move forward because where you are going is bigger. Amen. May the Lord help us. Now let me get to the message itself. Now today, what must you know? What must you know? Because we talk about how important knowledge is. Now what is, what are the things you must know? Number one, you must know who God is. Yeah, knowledge is powerful. But you must know who God is. I said this the other day. I said that the world will always fight against the knowledge of God. And I feel sorry for doctors. When COVID came, I realized that if you were a pastor and you were a doctor, you were struggling. Because that time you, you, you cannot have faith. You couldn't be foolish like us. Because we came, we see, faith make you like, look like you are foolish. Because why would you go knowing that you can get sick? So he uses the foolish things of the world to confess. You, you get it. I know a, a church that have a lot of doctors, they were not able to have service for a whole year, a whole two years. Hey, they are afraid. Because they know too much. But they don't know the word. They don't know what God is saying. So the knowledge of the world will always fight against the knowledge of God. My first thing called me, told, told me that was a lady reached out to her. Uh, she was listening to a lady. She's a doctor and she's only 35. And she was afraid to be pregnant. Because she knows all the, the medical issues that can come up when you are 35 and pregnant. But then I said somebody was 39 just delivered a child. You, you see, the knowledge that she has of the world is now fighting against her receiving anything from the Lord. And so it's the knowledge truth that brings you freedom. It's not the knowledge that you learn from school. Although the knowledge that you learn from school is good, but be careful because it's not what brings you freedom. Amen. Say, I must know God. John chapter 17 verse 3. John 17 3. I must know God. I say, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Amen. 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 Say, I must know him. 
So the knowledge you must have is the knowledge of God. And this is the most important knowledge because it is this knowledge that opens you up to all the other ones. Without this first one, you will not be open up for all the other ones that I'll mention today. Amen. I need to know who God is. Say, I need to know who God is. In Daniel chapter 11 verse 13, that those that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. If you know God, you'll be strong. Amen. Now, one thing about Adam, we can learn, we can do Adam, use Adam as a case study to see if Adam knew God or not. When Adam committed a sin by eating from his wife, taking the fruit, when God came, guess what Adam was doing? Adam was hiding. Now, if he knew, if he knew God was, would he hide from him? Because can you hide from God? So Adam number one showed that he didn't know who God is. And so he was hiding. And some of you, you are like the Adams. When you sin, instead of running towards God, you run from God. Because you don't know who God is. But if you knew that God is merciful and he's forgiven and he's slow to anger, you will run to the Father, forgive me. Adam did not know who God is. He running like I can hide from the Lord. Even when you go under the sea, he will find you. You go and hide in the heavens, he will find you. You hide under your mom's uh, armpit, he will find you. You go and hide under the bed, he will find you. It's all knowing. But Adam didn't know that he was all knowing. Number two. The two, second mistake of Adam. He said the woman... The Lord said, what, what, what have you done? He said, the woman that you gave me, Adam didn't know that God was merciful. Once again, that he could have pleaded mercy for his wife, for God to forgive her. But he didn't know that God was merciful and forgiven. Amen. God has already forgiven you for that abortion a long time ago, my sister. You, you don't, he is a, a forgiving God. That is why you are still holding on. And you allow the enemy to guilt you. He said, there's therefore, there's now, there's now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ. You have been already been forgiven. But if you don't know who God is, you think that your sins are still there. So every time we pray and we do an altar call, you have to come up. Those people that come up all the time, giving their life a long time ago, it's a sign that they are not growing in the Lord. They don't know who God is. And so they think, that, oh, I'm, I'm covering myself. No, you're not covering yourself. You're putting yourself in a place where you, you're showing more lack of faith in, like, like, in everything. Amen. And so we must know, get to know who God is. Get to know him. Get to know him. When things are not going right, you run to him. He said, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come. I am a forgiving God. Amen. Say, I need to know who God is. 
David said in Psalm 139, verse 7, he said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? It's impossible to run away from the Lord. Amen. So Adam was a good case study to look, to see. Amen. Now, when you look at Mary, was it Mary? Yes. Mary, the brother, the sister of Lazarus. When Jesus came, she made a statement. And it was a very profound statement. She said, if you have been here, my brother would have not died. But even though, now even so, he said that even now that you are here, I, I know, I know who you are. I know that whatever you ask of God, he will do. That is the kind of Christians I'm waiting for. Those that know God to tell, you see, it was a dead situation for days. But he said, I know. I know that God is able to turn my situation around. I know. I know. Those that do know, they are God. Those that do, listen, it is not too late. That test is testimony. That mess is part of your message. God is using it. He said that he, said that he, would, he, he would turn things around. He will make everything beautiful in his time. Don't say, oh, I'm looking at my time. Can I get married? I'm 30 and nobody coming along. What? Maybe your husband is not ready yet. If you rush, God will give you one that was not supposed to marry you. And abuse you. Cheat on you. Uh-huh. Can you trust God to give you a husband? Do you know God enough to say yes? So then none of you should ever come to me and complain. Don't say, Pastor, I'm worried though. Let me take my jacket off. This place is getting hot. Amen. Do you know who God is? My sisters and my brothers and my mothers and my fathers. If we know him, we wouldn't complain as much. He's faithful. Oh, he's a faithful. We went to the labor room. Oh, I'm saying that God is faithful. If he did it for us five times, he would do it a six time. Say he's faithful. If he lets you graduate high school, he will let you graduate college. And you graduate college, you finish that master's program. Say, God is faithful. You got to know that. Know it. You got that. Don't be like Adam trying to run. Where are you going? Adam, where are you going? <laughs> if you know that I'm all knowing, you wouldn't run. If you know that I'm omniscient, I'm, I'm everywhere, you wouldn't run from me. But some of you, when you are sending, when you are fornicating, that is the days that you don't come to church. Because you know that prophetess will... <laughs> One day we were sitting, standing here, and, and the person here, so I'm not... We were talking, and she's like, ah, I see fornication on your forehead. 
fornication. Aish. If you don't, if that means that person, God loves you so much to point that sin out to you. From that day forward, she said, I'm not doing it again. And she has not done it from that day. But some of you, you do, I say, forget you. That means you, you have disobeyed the Holy Ghost thousand times. He said, I have departed. You better go and repent and come and come to the altar and cry. Say, Holy Ghost, return, return, return. It's a privilege for God to point out your thoughts. And some of you don't like rebuke at all. It is a blessing to be rebuked. Some of you, if we leave you, you will be a dis- <laughs> I'm sure the guy that picked gun to go and shoot those little children. Nobody would want to. It's like he was spoiled. He wasn't raised in a place where he was being, you know. May we get to know God. Can God save your marriage? He said, even so, I know. Can you say that? And even so, I know that God is able to turn things around for me. Job said it. He said, I know that he knows. That he knows the way that I'm going. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in haste. I will wait till my change comes. Because the God that I serve, he will speak last. Many situations I tell people, God will have the final say. I know Satan is doing so much in your life right now. But know that God will have the final say. Somebody say no. Say no. Know that. Because in this kingdom, when you don't know it, you will never experience it. Although it's there, you will never get to see it. That is why knowledge becomes a defense. Because when the arrows of depression arrows of worry when it's coming the knowledge you have would be defense to block it imagine you just came from the the shelter and then all of a sudden you are working and you lose your job and you have a, you have just rented a place and the enemy come back you're going back you're going back if you don't have the knowledge, of, the knowledge of God enough to know that God is able to provide, you, you will be depressed and end up back there. But if you know and you can put your trust in them, because I've been there. I, I, and listen, I've, I've gone through it too, you know. Gone through it. I didn't even have money. I, and, and that day, you know, I was renting in New Jersey. And you know those it was like a corporation, so they if you don't if you don't pay, they take you to court the next few days. And I was in my transition time. God has just delivered me, and things were now trying to figure things out. And then I was playing the music, and then I heard the woman of God say something. She said. There is no one that I put their trust in God that God will ever put to shame. That word right there is what I held. And I said, I know that I will not be evicted. And the moment I took hold of that word, I went out and one of my friends came to me and said, Damn, take this and pay your rent. And then from there, you know, opportunities came for me to be able to pay my rent. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you, we got 
to put our trust in God because when we trust God, he will never put us to shame. God is able to turn that situation around. I see him right now turning your situation around. Oh, I say I see him turning your situation around in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you know who God is? Do you know? Many of you don't even know who God is, so when you pray, you pray to Jesus. <laughs> Do we pray to Jesus? If you know the God that you serve, the different offices, but most of you will say, Jesus. What did Jesus say? Now, two instances. In John chapter 14, verse 13. He says something. Some of you say, Jesus, bless me. He said, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do. And the Father may be glorified in the Son. So this verse 13, he was addressing them. And then he switched it in verse 16. Look at verse 16. He said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. No, no, not there. Okay, verse, verse 23, right? No, John 16. No, go to John 16, verse 23. So this verse 14. All right, so verse 14, he said that, okay, ask me now. I'll do it because I'm here. But then, after the Holy Ghost come, he said, <laughs> he said and, and in that day, so there's this particular day that was coming. After the Holy Ghost come, because I'm not here. I've left. When I was here, you can ask me anything. I will ask. You say, Jesus, we need food. I will make sure I make it happen. You ask me that the people need to eat. I will do the miracle. I'm here. Ask me. I will ask the Father to do it. But he said, and in that day, that means a particular day was coming. And so when that day of came, something shifted. He said, in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Don't ask me anything. Verily, verily. When he said very, very, that means I swear. I swear. He said, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask who? The Father. The Father have all things. There's an office of a father that provides for his sons. You don't go to your brother and say, give me chop money. Give me money to go and pay for my school fees. You go to your father. You say, daddy, I need money. You don't say, my sister, can you give me? No, you ask your father. So it's an office of God that gives us thanks. But we might. Does it make sense? Now, I don't want to confuse you here. It's the same God, God, three person, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. Is that right? But it's of the Father that takes care of his sons. And so when it comes to knowing God, you must know which one to address for certain things. You don't come to my home and say, Pastor, put all you on me and deliver me. At that home, of, I'm a father, I'm a daddy. When I come here, I'm a pastor. I can do that. So there's different offices that I operate in, but you must come to where I am to get whatever you want. So you come home, I'm home. You see me in my shorts. I'm moving around. I'm playing ball. I'm having fun with my kids. I'm having fun with my wife. That is a home life. When I come here, it's a different man. 
When I take the mic, it's a different man. Why? Because different offices, but the same man. Does it make sense? So he said, in that day, don't address us. Don't come to me asking, but ask, ask the father. That, that title of the father. When you, when you meet a prophet and you want the prophet to prophesy to you, you don't say, hey, my brother, you address my prophet. Because when you are tap into that prophetic, the name, the title, that oil is released at that time. When say, oh, I used to go to school with her. Oh, you will see her as a friend. She will also dab you and say, ah, you know, back in those days. But when you come in the reverence, like, ah, prophet, prophetess, and did this. Then all of a sudden, she step into that office and be able to help you. So we, know to know, we need to know which God to address. But if you don't know God, you address the wrong one. Jesus, bless me. Jesus will bless you. No, Father, in the name of Jesus, bless me. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Does it make sense? So, my Father, my Father, do you understand that now? We cry out, we pray to the Father, not to, we are praying to the Father in the name of the Son, Jesus. And that is how we know that this man, he knows God. This woman knows who God is. Amen. Amen. Does it make sense? On that day, you asked me for nothing. Do you know that God is a mighty God? You want to know how God addresses himself? Exodus chapter 34, verse 7, verse 6 to 7. There are three things that you must know about God. Three. Three titles, okay? He said, and said, this is what the Lord said. He said, and the Lord passed by him and proclaimed. This is what he called himself. He proclaimed. He said that God, the Lord God. So he's given us different names. He's the Lord. He's the master. But he's also the master that created all things. He's the Lord God. Anytime you read the Bible and you see the word the Lord God, that means he's talking about relationship. There are people that God is God. But when he becomes the Lord God, that means you have a relationship with him. When Satan showed up in the garden, he never said the Lord God. He said God, has God said. Satan has no relationship with God, so he never said the Lord God. But anytime you see that Jeremiah, uh, Elijah was saying the Lord God, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, the, the Lord God, as I have relationship with him, so he's my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He's, my, he's not just God, but he's my Lord. He's my master. And so he said, this is how he addressed himself. He said, the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious. So you have to understand that God is merciful. He's merciful. Say he's merciful. Say he's merciful. And number two, he's gracious. God is gracious. All right? And number three, God is mighty. But you cannot know him as mighty if you don't know him as gracious and merciful. Some of you think that God is just some scary man out there. But he's a merciful God. If you ask, he will forgive. He's a gracious God. As one of your sins were forgiven a long time ago. 
Before, before the foundation of this earth, God has already taken care of your sin already. Amen. Does it make sense? Number two, thing that you must know. You must know the will of God. Somebody said the will. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. You must know that you must have the knowledge of his will. Send the knowledge of his will. So knowing God and knowing his will. Key. He said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. So we must get to know the perfect will of God. We must get to have the knowledge of his will. Because you cannot do what you don't know. You can't do what you don't know. Amen. In Psalm 40 verse 78. Let me see what is there. Psalm 40. Verse 7. Yes, yeah, 7 to 8. He said, that said I lo, I come in the volume of the book. As it is written of me. Jesus said, I am here. Because I know your will for me. It is written of me. I come as to fulfill your will. In the volume. Verse 8. What does verse say? He said, I delight to do thy will. Oh my God. Yeah, thy law is written with my heart. Jesus came to fulfill. To do God's will. But if Jesus did not know God's will. Would he have been able to do it? No. Do you know that there is a will of God over your life? But if you don't know it. You cannot fulfill it. Amen. So we must seek knowledge of his will. You are not just called to do nine to five. There's a better, there's a better will for you, but you have not discovered it. Say, Lord, help me know your will. When you know God, you must pursue the knowledge of his will. So knowing God is not enough. You must go and say, Lord, what is your will? I need to know your will. Say, I need to know your will. And where is God? Number one, God's will is in, this, in the scriptures. It is written. Say, it is in the scriptures. If something happened in your life, instead of complaining, Go back to the scriptures and check and see God's will in that situation. The fact that your husband is not working does not say does not guarantee you to go and divorce him. You go to the Bible and say, What does what does God say concerning marriage? Most Christians don't know God's will about situations, so we react and we allow Satan to use us. But if you know his will. That if somebody step on your toes, how to react? You know me, I'm from the hood. You, you, don't, you, know, you don't do that. But we are in the church. We are in the church. I'm from Newark, 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 Newark. Newark. Brooklyn. The same attitude has not changed because you don't know his will. And you'd call yourself a Christian. Have no knowledge of his will. So you behave. The same behavior you came from the world with is still with you. 
because you, you, you are lazy to find out what God's will in situations that you experience. What is God's will? I said, wife, what is his will when you are angry? Hmm. Being quiet is not his will. My Christian sisters. Silence is not his will. As much for being angry, it's not his will. He said, don't even go to bed angry. Don't let the sun set. You understand that, right? So when your husband pisses you off, it does not guarantee you to say, now nah, I'm going to show him by being mad. Being mad does not, it's not his will. You are, what you are doing is like Satan, the door is wide open, come. But when Satan comes, he see your son, he see your daughter. He will attack them. Oh, we, some of the problems that we face in our marriages and our, our families, we have opened the door because we don't know God's will. God is not, you know, God does not find any enjoyment in telling you to do some things. It's just to protect you. Protect you. He said, don't be cheating on your wife. Just focus on that woman. Every man should have one. Every woman should have one. You go and cheat. It's a door that is wide open. And not only that, you also allow generational curses to come into your family. What is his will? What is his will? God's will is not for you to use sex toys or because you are not married. And say, man, I can't take, I can't, I don't think I'll be able to, to survive. Who told you that you can't survive? Who told you? Who told you? It's where your mind is. This mind. If you focus on the right things, sex will be second, would not be, sex will be the last thing in your mind. Amen. And so we must get to know his will, must pursue the knowledge of his will. But if you have never opened the Bible to read it, how would you know his will? Hmm. Some of you, your depth of knowledge about the, the scriptures is very low. If I ask you, give me something that you know about the Bible, you see how people will struggle. So we don't know what God wants us to do when situations come up. Amen. There are certain behaviors that are not from the Lord. So we must get to know what God wants us to do. That is His will. Because if you are ignorant of His the will, if you are ignorant of the will of God, though you know God, you will not experience Him. So you will know who God is, but if you are ignorant of His will, it will seem like God is not in your life. I hope that you are getting these things. Now, God's will, God's will is what God wants you to do. Somebody say, wants me to do.
and also what he wants to do for you. Amen? You must get to know that. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 16, the reason why when we pray, our prayers are not answered because we don't know the will of God. He said, and if any man, uh, if any man sees his brother sin, uh, which is unto death, he shall ask, he shall give him life and ever sin on death, and there's a sin. Verse 17. He said, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Amen. Now, now, I, I want you to understand this. There's a scripture I believe said that if you pray and not according to his will, that's what I'm looking for. I believe it's in there somewhere. Amen. The reason why most of our prayers are not answered because number one, we pray not according to his will. You find me the scripture, scripture person. 514, yes. Amen. He said, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to what? His will. He hears us. Ah. So it's very simple, isn't it? If I ask God according to his will, he hears me. But if I don't know the will, then he will not hear me. So some of you are praying without the knowledge of the will. And so you are not being heard. You are not being heard. But if you know what God has said, you don't even, ask, you don't even pray to, to ask. You pray to thank him. Ah, yeah. oh, Father, I thank you for your presence. Because you are here. I'm not asking Holy Ghost, come. You are here. Thank you. Because you told me that wherever two or three have gathered, you are. So I thank you that you are here. Thank you. I thank you that my children are protected. Because you said that you will not allow anyone to do them wrong. I thank you. You will, say, you will, you will deploy your angels. You will give them charge over us. So I thank you for releasing your angels to protect us even as we go and we come. And so your prayer become more a prayer of thanksgiving to affirm what God has said. And so if you see Jesus, how he prayed. Jesus never asked. He prayed thanksgiving in the form of asking. Now you can ask, it's fine. But Jesus will say, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. And then the miracle happened. Because he knew God's will. God's will was to feed the people. So I thank you. God's will is for you to deliver safely. Lord, I thank you for me delivering safely. Don't go there and say, Lord, can I please safely? It's a sign that you don't know God's will. He said, you shall not die, but you shall live. He said, he will not allow the, sick, the sicknesses that he placed upon the Egyptians to come upon you. So when the doctor tells you you have cancer, say, Lord, I thank you that I don't have cancer. Because I know your will. Your will is that I ain't not, not, nothing deadly, no deadly disease can dwell in my body. When you are sick, you say that, oh, Lord, I thank you for the healing. By your stripes, I am healed. It's a different faith that comes out of you. Because some of you don't know his words. So go, oh, Lord, this witch will kill me all. And so, ah, oh, my auntie died. And that, the reason why your auntie will not die, you know why? 
Because you pray in unknown God. Amen. So Lord, we thank you for the victory you've given us. We thank you. Say we thank you. Say we thank you. Now, I guess the other way is fine. But when you have knowledge of him, your prayer language changes. But you don't know, okay, sometimes God favor you and still do it. But if you know who God is and what he has promised you, when you show up, say, Lord, I thank you that you have given me life. I thank you that I'm living 120, 120 years. I'm already thanking you because I know that's your will for me. You said man shall live 120. I thank you for it. It's mine. I receive it. And the moment I know it and I begin to acknowledge it, then it's enforcing my life. If I don't know it, I will never see it. Get to know some things, oh. My sister, it shall be well. If you know the things that will bring you freedom, you wouldn't mean, you, 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 you would have pursued more. That demon that visits you every night because you don't know. And so there's nothing defending you from them. Knowledge becomes a defense to block the enemy from your life. Amen. Amen. Two ways to know his will. Number one, by the scriptures. Say it by the scriptures. Say it by the scriptures. He said, I came in the volume of the book as it written of me. So, 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 when they came to John the Baptist and asked John, what is your name? <laughs> he went to the book of Isaiah to find out who he is. You understand that? So his identity was in what? In the scriptures. So, so everything that God wants for us and is already scriptures. So to get to know this, the will of God, you must go where? In the scriptures. And number two. Number two. The spirit. The will of God is in the spirit. Amen. In John chapter 16 verse 13 he said and the Holy Ghost shall do what? He will guide you into what? All truth. So there are two wills. There are general will of God and specific will. So the general will will be in the scriptures but the specific one will be in the Holy Ghost. In the will of God for you to marry. So that's general. As a man you should marry. General will. So you know it. But the woman to marry, that name, that name is not in the Bible. That one is in the Holy Ghost. And you must go to the Holy Ghost to get it. General will, specific will. Two of them, when you have them, you walk in the will of God. Does it make sense? So, so those people... If you don't fellowship with the Holy Ghost, how do you know? Now, let me start from here. How, number one, how do you even know if you don't read the word? To know what God even wants you to do. Because <laughs> some people have made mistakes because 
They only took the general will, but they never went for the specific will. The Lord, this is the one. That is the one. That is the one. That is the job for me. That is the place I should go. This is the church for me. It's the will of God for you to be going to church. But the specific location is in the Holy Ghost. So you just don't get up one day and jump into any church. You may die in there. And people don't understand why people travel to come here. Because when you find God's will, you bully, you do things, and you don't even see it because you know you are in his will. And he makes provisions for you when you are in his will. You go and marry the wrong person, you see how you struggle. Why? Because if it's not his will, he will not support it. But if it's his will, man, the provision comes. Ah, I see somebody getting to know God's will from today concerning this, concerning their ministry, concerning their education. In Jesus' name, say the specific will and the general will of God. So it takes two for God's will. You must meditate on the word, meditation of the word, and fellowship with the spirit. I hope you took that one. Stop coming to ask me. I don't ask me. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I don't go ask any prophets. Because people have made mistakes by hearing prophets telling them what God's will was for them. People say we see in part. And we prophesy in part. The fact that I saw you putting a ring on a finger doesn't mean that that was your wife. You get it? So the fact that you saw in the dream that you were putting a ring on her finger, does that mean that that's your wife? That Satan could have shown you that. And many people have moved, see, many people have moved to make decisions and later on they realize that they made a big mistake. Let me teach you something about the prophetic. The prophetic is like antenna. When I step in here, I start pulling information. And some of you already made up your mind what you're going to do. And so when I pull up here, I start pecking up. Alright? And the word of knowledge will tell me, ah, see that you are putting a ring on figure. I see the ring called Lucy, a boy, whatever. And then, oh, <laughs> Lucy Kanda, yes. Right? You can, you can have that. But the question is, what is God saying that what you are seeing? Because Ezekiel, what do you see? Jeremiah, what do you see? Because when you see, then I will speak to you. When you see it, then I can tell you what I mean. He said, I have seen four horns. Now, mean anything, it can mean anything. And he asked, what does that four horn mean for? He said, he said, he said these are the horns that have scattered Judah. And so, so we, we, we can see, but that is not what God is saying. You must fellowship with the Holy Ghost for him to tell you the exact will. Why did you see that? Why? You shall know the truth. Mm-hmm. Some of you want the easy way out. Pastor, hey, is that him? <laughs> is that him? <laughs> the, obviously, the general will of God is yes. 
a man should marry a woman. But the specific one, the hands of the Holy Ghost. Stop being lazy and start fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. Spend some time, Spirit of the Lord. Uh, without you, my pastor told me that it's you that carry this will. You know the specific man or the specific woman I should marry. Lord, show it to me. And God will not give for if you ask for bread, He will not give you stones. He will not give you serpents. He will reveal to you. He reveals it. It comes with peace. He said, Yes, I am the Prince of Peace. I am back in this. Some of you are making this. You are scared. You're scared. You're scared. That fear is a sign that God is not there. You're about to go to a job place. You know, you got a job. You're afraid. Some of you, that job will carry all your anointings into the sea. There are certain places that maybe God does not want you to go. Seek will. Seek his will. Somebody say, I will seek his will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From today, would you meditate? And would you read the word? Amen. Number three, you must know the ways of God. Know, know God, know his will, and know his ways. Now his will will say that yes, you should marry. But sleeping with a man so that he can marry you is not his. Letting him taste of it so that grab him. It's not his ways. In Psalm 103 verse 7. Psalm 103 verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Moses knew the ways of God. He knew it. And we must know God's ways for certain things. Because when we don't know his ways, we will miss him. Amen? Now, do you remember when Moses got angry? When God told him to go and speak to the rock. And he went and he smite the rock. Did the water come out? The water came out. But when God came to judge the situation, it was his will that Moses gave them water. But God never judged the will. He judged the ways. And so God will be judging our ways. The fact that you married us, it's okay. But the way you got there will be judged. No, I don't want to attack people's jobs. Somebody say mercy. Because anything that you do unrighteously can't fulfill the, the, the will of God. Because God is righteous. You cannot win to get promoted. Those in Africa, hear me. You cannot be sleeping with your bosses so that they can hire you. Yeah, it is the will of God for you to get a job, but that's not a ways of God. Does it make sense? Say, Lord, I need to know your ways. In the name of Jesus. 
When it came to the serpent that was killing them in the wilderness, the Lord showed him the way to preserve them. Moses, you must do it the way that I'm telling you. Take a serpent, kill it, and, and show it to them. If they look on that serpent, they will be preserved. Now, if Moses would have never listened to that, the people would have been dead. When it came to when they went to battle, God showed, I'm going to give you a way to have the victory. I want you to go on top of the mountain, lift up Lifting up your hands was the way that God was going to bring them victory. Now, if Moses went and said, you know what, God, I'm tired. I'm just going to relax. They would have lost. So we need to know the ways of God. You know, I've learned something new. That when it comes to even consecrating a man of God or anything like that, and anointing people, God has even showed us the way we should do it. And if you don't do it, and just pick up oil and pour on a person. You've missed it. He said you hold it with your left. You hold the oil with your left. And you use your right hand to tap and anoint the person. He showed them the ways. God told Moses, I will teach you how to speak. I will show you how things. Seek what God wants you to do and what he has called you to do. You know how to bring God's presence down. You got to know the ways. Elisha knew. When they wanted the prophetic word, they said, I will show you the way to bring his presence. Even if he doesn't want to come, he will come. He said, begin to pray them. The strings. Pray, pray, play those things. As they were playing the strings and playing the music, all of a sudden the prayer descended. So when we come to church and we know how to bring his presence down, we know it. We are not just doing it for formality. You see, you come here and you do it for formality so he doesn't show up. But if you know your God, though that do know. Somebody say no. No is inside. You know it. So when you lift up your hands and you are worshiping, you know what you are doing. And nobody will even tell you, lift us today for worship. Because you know that once I begin to worship, he will descend on me. And I'm not just doing it because we want the church to look good. No, I really want to experience him. So even when I'm home, I know that the, begin, the moment I begin to worship, he will descend. And that is when he showed up. When I know it and I acknowledge it, it's enforced. Because for those that do know their God, they shall be strong and they will do exploits. Do you know God? Do you know his will? Do you know his ways? What is the ways that will come to handle your marriage? Have you found out? Have you found out? Now, depriving your husband from sex is not the ways of God. It will allow the enemy to, 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 bring, to bring adultery into the marriage. You see, when we do certain things, <laughs> not only that, the way you treat your wife, God has specifically shown us how we should love in his word. We got to now begin to use that rather than what America is teaching us in school. The ways. The ways. The thing that we do unrighteously, like I said, cannot please God and can never be his ways. Although we may prosper physically, but spiritually, we will lose stature. And many of us have lost stature spiritually because the ways that we, the way to, we got where we got. Amen. Holiness. 
is the way of God. Psalm 145, verse 17. Look at it quickly. Psalm 145, 17. He said, The Lord is righteous in all his what? Hmm. Not in some of his ways. So even doing ministry in this house, let me talk to the workers. Doing ministry in this house without reverence of God in holiness and righteousness, God will never accept it. And sometimes I hear things that people are murmuring. You tell them something and they bring in their attitude in it. You've negated. Why have you been working for God? Do you understand this? A leader tell you to do something and you have the audacity to be speaking back. That means you, you, you don't even understand why you are here. This is not your common secular work. You are not here to work for a man. You're working for him. And if you put a leader there, that means he, he's, he's with that leader. And if you don't listen, you are not listening to him. This is a place we should come with a reverence, with a heart of holiness. We will do it. We will do it. Sleep, you sleep. Sweep, you sweep. Jump, you jump. Why? Because you have God in you. Imagine what a group of, of a, a department and they're cursing each other out. Oh, you should have done this. You should have done this. And cursing each other out. So what, what, what's going on here? Are we working in, 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 in McDonald's? Are you working in Popeye's? Who, who are we working for here? Man, there shouldn't be any form of unrighteousness. So competition to be negated. You, you see, you cannot be competing in this work. No, no I want to show that I'm a better preacher than him. I, I want to show that, yes, I can, I can lead prayers than him. No, 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 no. We are not competing here. We are not doing that here. We need to know God's ways. He's righteous in all. Somebody say in all his ways. In all his ways. So everything and anything we do for him must be righteous. We cannot allow unrighteousness to step into us. God is holy. Do things in holiness. We should be encouraging each other rather than competing each other. Amen. Pray that you will know the God's ways in the name of Jesus. If you don't know God's ways, what he has anointed you to do will kill you. He told Moses, he said, put the, put the staff down, it will turn to snake. I'm showing you something. He did it. And he said, pick it up, Moses, but don't pick it up from the head. Pick it from the tail, the ways. He's showing you the ways. If Moses, I'm God, God, you know, I'll pick it from the head. Moses would have died by the same staff. That serpent would have killed Moses. He said, don't pick it up from the head. Start picking it up from the tail. The ways. The same anointing, but they kill you. Because you don't know what God wants you to do with it. May the Lord help us. The same marriage, and it will kill you. You know why? Because you don't know what God wants you to do with that marriage. The same job that you pray for, that is a blessing to you, will kill you because you don't know the ways. The ways.
It's the ways. Hey, get to know the ways. Get to know it. What is God saying? That behavior will be judged. He came to Moses. I told you to speak to the rock. You don't know my ways. You went there and you did your own thing and smite the rock. Yeah, physically you prospered, but I'm going to judge you and enter into the promised land. Because he missed God's ways. But was it God's will? Yeah. But he missed the ways. Oh, may we get to know God's ways. Lord, how do you want me to do it? The will is what it is that he wants you to do. The ways is how he wants you to do it. And if you don't know it, you will lose your place in God. The ways. The ways. How do you supposed to behave as a Christian? The ways. Did God say you should be gossiping among each other? No. Did he say you should be competing among each other? No. You should be your brother's keeper. We should be loving. We should be caring. The ways. Say the ways. Say the ways. Last, let me, number four. Know who you are in Christ. So you know God, you know his will, you know his ways, and know you know who you are. When you don't know who you are, you are in trouble. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 19. When they came to John the Baptist, they said, John, are you, you've been doing this work here. Who are you? I thought you were going to tell them my name is John. You know, my father is a career. Right now, if I ask you what's your name, what are you going to say to me? Jessica. Uh-huh. That's what I thought John was going to say. Now, John, they asked him, this is the record of John. When the Jews were sent and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are thou? Today, learn from this one. This one, this one, dear. Take it with you home. Take, take this one because your identity must change today. He said he confessed and denied him. He said, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are thou Elijah? He said, I'm not. Thou art the prophet? He said, no. Then said they unto him, who are thou? What we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou to thyself? <laughs> he said, I am a voice. He went to the book of Isaiah and said, this is who I am. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as said by the prophet Isaiah. John said this name, John, is a human in position. But I know who I am. My name is not John. Because if I carry the name John, that means if any curse that is connected to John will come upon me. So therefore, I'm not going to connect with that name. But I am the voice. The voice that Isaiah wrote about the one that will come before Christ. I am the one that is crying wilderness. That is my identity. Some of us, our identity, the reason why we are struggling because we have taken on the identity of our experiences and what men gave us. 
And some of you, today, better get to know who you are. Because when I research your name, what is behind your name is an evil. Some of the names we carry, it's not godly names. Some of you, your fathers were drinking when they name you. Oh, I'm telling the truth. Some of you, the last name that is on you is connected to an idol. So anyone that come under that name, the idol will have authority over it. Why do you think that spiritual husband shows up in your life and you haven't done anything? You're sitting home minding your business in America, but a demon from Nigeria has located you. A demon from has located you. you. You don't even know your father's house. You don't know your mother's house. How do they get to know who you are? Say a name. Say a name. So we need to know our identity. And today you ask me, I'm not even going to tell who I am. I'm going to tell you what the scriptures say I am. We, we need to know who, who we are in Jesus Christ. We need to. Say, I need to know. Say, I need to know. Who are you, John? I am a voice. Crying in the wilderness. Making straight the way of the Lord. That is who I am. When last time you find out who you are? Oh, some of you go and know. Know who you are in Christ. What did he say about you? Say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. Oh, can you say that? Say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. <laughs> Do you believe that? I'm telling you who you are. Maybe you should write that down. Say, I am, a re I am the redeemed of the Lord. Say, I am the light of the world. Say, I am the salt of the earth. Say, I am more than a conqueror. Say, I am an overcomer. Say, I am the favorite of God. Let me add more. Say, I am the righteousness of God, Jesus. Say, I have, say, say, I have been forgiven. You got to know who you are. When, when Satan, when the spirit of lust come upon you, you should tell who you are. Because time Satan begin to question you. Anytime so Satan try to afflict you, what, you know what he's doing? He's trying to question your identity. So when the sickness show up, it's confronting your identity. You tell them, I am redeemed of the Lord. I have been made healed. He, he said, by his stripes, I am what? Healed. That is why he said, let the weak say that I'm what? Strong. So even when you are weak, your identity in Christ means that you are strong. When you don't have money, you say that what? I am rich. Because you must know your identity. It's like going to the bank to cash out. They were the first thing they ask you. Can you please show me your ID? Even when I'm trying to deposit money, when it's over a certain amount, they ask for my ID. And then not only that, they ask for my social security number. So that means identity is very important. So let's say I come from a family that is a demonic family. Let me, give, let me get a name that nobody has. You've got to call it the family of Jacuscos. Let's say you come from a Jacusco family. The name is every uh, the last name in that family is Jacuscos. And and there's a demon attached to that name. Anytime we ask you and you say, My name is Brother Jacuscos, 
or Sister Jacuscos, all of a sudden the demon begins to work in your life. So the more they call you, the more the demon have access. The day you will know who you are in Christ, and they ask you, say, you know what? I am the redeemed of the Lord. Right there, you have disconnected yourself from the Jacuzco family and have joined yourself to Christ's family. And this is how you, deliver, you, you break generational curses. Knowing who you are in Christ will break generational curses. So yeah, some of you were named after God. I know a sister here, she was named after the, the God of the iron. Iron God. Now, can you imagine? Last time I was watching a movie and I saw in Nigerian movie, they were mentioned, you know, they were chanting and calling God's name and they mentioned that name. I said, ah, this name, I've seen it before. But some of you have not checked where that name came from. Because our fathers and our forefathers, they did not know God. So where did they get these names? Now, the moment you keep placing that name on yourself, you keep walking in the line. But when you discover who you are, and you remember what he has said, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That means, once I'm in Christ, I am disconnected. So my identity also needs to change. I am the redeemed. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the world. I am the righteousness of Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Healed. I am strong. I am anointed. I am delivered. I am favored. I am more than a conqueror. That is my identity. You begin to call yourself that. Oh, I say, may you begin to call yourself. Forget about that name that you carry. Because when, when they met with Jacob, why do you think the angel asked of his name? You think the angel didn't know Jacob's name? He knew. But he wanted to show Jacob that he doesn't know his identity. So he asked, hey, hey, who, who are you? What's your name? Hey, my name is Jacob. He said, no, no, no. You don't know who you are. Your true name is Israel. Jacob was an imposition. Your father placed that on you. But your true identity is Israel. And that identity is written. So from today, at least, when you ask me, who are you? I say, redeemed. Say, so I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. I am favored. I am more than a conqueror. I am blessed. In Jesus' name. Say, so that is who I am. I know who I am. Whoa. Whoa. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Amen. Amen. If you don't know who you are, Satan will give you anything. Now, can a man be pregnant? So if I go to say, uh, well, you are pregnant, would I accept it? Because you don't know who you are, they can even make you pregnant and you accept it. You get it. But if you know that you are healed, uh, you understand that? If you know that you are healed and the doctor is trying to diagnose you with a deadly disease, that is not for me, brother. Now people say that it cannot be. No, no, no. That cannot be. My identity in Christ is not abortion. It's not miscarriage. I cannot, it cannot be. 
It's a mindset. You don't know. And that is why the enemy is having his way. Today I pray that you will get to know who you are in Christ. Thou shalt serve the Lord thy God. He will bless your blood and water. Take away sickness from thee. None shall miscarry. You see, you, you, you think that you just say it and go. The enemy will tempt you. He will be tested according to what you say. He said none shall miscarry. He will show up. Now let's see if you believe what you said. You get it. So, so there's violence. There's a faith aspect that is violent. That one you don't baby it. That faith as- aspect is what Bishop Oye reported, and that testimony has stayed for many years. You know why? When he came, he did not show compassion to the was operating through his wife. He said, "It cannot be. Just get up, and give me my food, because we're not going to discuss it." Because that is not your identity. It cannot be. You, it's like a, you are telling me that a man is pregnant. That is, don't even waste time in praying. It cannot be. Do you, you know there's a violent aspect of faith? They say, no. No, no. No, I know who I am. That cannot be. And I was listening to him. He said, there's a man. Who, he went to the hospital. The doctor found HIV in his uh, blood. And he said the man came to the church and was violently approaching him. You see, when you are a man of faith, you're violent. And he said, no, no, I cannot, I cannot have HIV. And was trying to push up on him, but his guys were there. And he came towards him and said, I cannot have HIV. Being violent. And then he said, and say, you don't have it. That is the word he said. He said, you don't have it. And that's it. He went to the doctor and they found out that there was no HIV. But knowledge is powerful because the moment there could be somebody who is very healthy, the day that they hear that they have HIV or cancer, from that day forward, they will decline. You know why? Because of what they are hearing. So when it comes, just remember what God has said and say, no, a man cannot be pregnant so I cannot be sick. Because my identity it's not Dominic or say no. My identity is that I have been bought with a price. I am the redeemed of the Lord. My identity is by his stripes. I am healed. I am Jesus has already paid the price for my healing. May the Lord help us, KFT. Say, Lord, help us. Say, Lord, help us. Say, I know who I am. Say, I know who I am. Say, I know who I am. Last one. You must know what you have in Christ. I hope you like the teachings. As you know, you could have switched it up real quick and today do deliverances. Is that one? Okay. All right. Say, I know what I have in Christ. First John chapter 5, verse 13. He said, These things I've written that ye believe God. Verse 14. Verse 14, please. And this is the confidence that we have in him that we ask him according to his will, he will hear us. Amen. So knowing what you have in Christ is also getting to know what he has made of you. 
If you know what you have in Christ, you can never say, I am a poor sinner. How many of you pray like that? Oh, you know, I'm a poor sinner. So that you can cry. Remember those kind of prayers? You don't pray those things. Amen? You cannot say, I am. Amen? Today, uh, somebody can say, oh, wow, it's, it's difficult. Oh. The, Lord, the Lord rebuked me. Don't ever say those things. His grace is sufficient. You don't, don't, don't declare that for yourself. That Oh, wow, it's tough. No, 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 no. It is well. Somebody say it is well. well. Say by his grace, grace. we are pushing. pushing. Because what you, you see, you got to know who God has made you. So by responding to people, you know what to respond to. And when you know who God has made you to, or what you have in Christ, you don't sing certain songs. You know I'm a poor sinner. No, 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 no. God did not be a poor sinner. I'm sure there's a song that's I'm sure David, you can come up with a song, right? There's a song called Poor Sinner. Amen. Don't say, I'm weak. You are not weak. He said, you are strong. Because everything you possess in Christ is only activated when you know it and acknowledge it. If I don't know that I'm strong, I will never be strong. If I don't know that I'm healed, I'll never be healed. In the name of Jesus. Say, I am forgiven. Be on your feet. Oh, if you enjoy the knowledge, if you cherish the knowledge, give the Lord a clap of it. Know who, know who God is. Know his will, know his ways, know what's the next? Know who you are and know what you have in Christ. If you can know these things, you become dangerous. That is where knowledge becomes real. That is where Satan cannot just have his way with you. Because God, I know his will, I know his ways, I know who I am, I know what I have. Walk with you, you walk with boldness. So I'm, too, I'm too knowledgeable for Satan to afflict my life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Ah, so that I cannot connect to my father's curses anymore. Uh, I separate myself. You understand that? Even some of us have a name after our grandfathers. Hey, today I have come to know who I am. I'm no longer that John anymore. I am the voice. I am a voice. I have been called for the reason. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I am. Identity is very important. That's what Jesus said. Who do men say that I am? He wanted to know. Because it was through his identity that he was able to establish the church. There's some say you are the Isaiah, Jeremiah, all those. No, no. Say, okay, fine. I've walked with you in half years. Who do you say that I am? And then Peter tapped into the spirit, looked at heaven, and downloaded information. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus said, Ah, this information is not normal. This is not an earthly information. Because that time, for you to say that, no, 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 he said, This is coming from my father. Now, he said, or oh, to you, Peter, he said, because you have known this, 
on this revelation I'll build a church so you yourself being the church of Christ you cannot be built without a revelation without knowing what God has called you to be you must know God he said I'll build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail if you know God's will for the marriage he'll build it and no witch can destroy it no power from your father's house whether you came from a divorce home or not your marriage will stand today I, <laughs> I want you to be highly faithful receive the spirit of faith because once you know your identity you build your faith it makes you know who you are and say devil no 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 yeah my mom divorced my father divorced me I am the redeemed I am the redeemed I have been bought with a price Ah, disconnect myself because I have now in a new family. Jesus is my Lord. Disconnect myself from every name. Even names that we place upon our children. We must teach our children to find out who they are in Christ and start declaring it so that they can disconnect. I'm not saying go and change the name physically. But the moment you know, those that do know that they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Some of you go back. Some of you are named after your grandmothers. Today, may you be disconnected. You tell them, I am the redeemed. I've been bought with a price. Christ, therefore, I'm a new creature. My identity is in Christ. Not in the name that was placed upon me. In the name of Jesus. Those that have sinned and you don't know if God has forgiven you, you say he has already forgiven you. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, you have been forgiven. Say, I've been forgiven. Say, I've been forgiven. In the name of Quickly, if you are here and you want to give your life to Christ, as the word was coming, he said, wow, I need to know who God is. I need to know his will and his ways. And I need to know who I am. You cannot know it unless you've given your life to Jesus. If you are here, you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to come. Come towards me. I want to pray with you quickly. Quickly. The Lord is your heart. You feel like today should be the day that you accept Christ. You don't know what can happen when you leave this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. Okay, somebody here like that. I want us to pray quickly. Next minute. It's all about knowledge now. Say, Lord, increase my desire for your, for your word. Increase my desire for your knowledge. Increase my desire for fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, oh Lord, open my eyes to know who I am and what I have in you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice and just ask. 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 Rapa da da ba so tele breke de de be 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 so tele breke de de be
Lord, increase I desire for the word and for fellowship. Yes, Lord. Your hosts were Apostle Dominic Osei and Prophetess Leslie Osei. We hope you were blessed by this conversation and gained insight. Please be sure to connect with us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Kingdom Full Tabernacle. Until next time, God bless you.